Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chronic Pain Experience Podcast. I am your host, Dina Chopolis, and I am the head pain coach and chief curator at Pain to Possibilities, where we have been transforming pain experiences since 2018. Today, I am the lucky gal who gets to introduce Jessica Hill Powell. Jessica has um, kind enough to step on board to talk today about elimination diets. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about what Jessica does. So Jessica is uh, into integrative wellness. She's uh, the owner of a collaborative wellness center in Louisville, Kentucky. She is a national board certified health and wellness coach, behavior change expert and creator of the Physical Reboot online course. Jessica's work inspiration stems from her experience with trauma, codependence, depression, anxiety, and debilitating autoimmune disease. After experiencing a severe low point with her health and finding herself in a wheelchair, living with physical and emotional pain, Jessica decided it was time to take ownership of the healing journey that only she could complete to regain freedom from her chronic conditions. Now she primarily works with clients with chronic diseases and is passionate about showing clients how to reclaim their well-being through nutrition that works for their bodies. Jessica has a degree in psychology from Bellarmine, sorry, Bellarmine? Bellarmine. Bellarmine, sorry, University and completed her health coach training and certification at Duke Integrative Medicine. She's also a trained yoga instructor and an aromatherapy wellness advocate. Many modalities with one goal, complete health and well-being. All right, Jessica, thank you so, so much for being here. We have a lot to unpack. We do. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. I I mean, there's so many amazing things we can pull just from your bio as far as what we're talking about today. So first of all, can you tell our listeners, um, and I'm kind of throwing into the sharks here, a little bit about your experience. And I I think it's really important for our listeners to understand your story first before we dive into their story. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess um, I started having some really um, strange symptoms uh, when I was in college. Mm -hmm. So 20, 21 years old, I um, was having very just a a weird pain and doctors didn't really know what to do with me at that point. And so um, I ended up taking a lot of pain medication in, in this time period where I was just trying to figure out what was going on. And my body does not like pain medication. So I would, I would have to take so much of it um, that I would have to be still, It, it gave me the sensation of like, motion sickness like that. So it didn't do a lot for my pain. It also, um, you know, really interfered with my life and, you know, getting up and going to classes, all that sort of stuff. So I ended up having a surgery. Um, They took out a portion of of my first rib. Um, They were interested in it because um, they they said it, it was a tumor. It looked like a tumor. They pulled it out. It, it was all benign. It, it, I still didn't have any information about right. why this was occurring. I, once they took this rib out, my pain went away. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, it fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. Fast forward several years later. Um, well, I had my first daughter at 27. About six weeks after I gave birth, mm-hmm. 
the shit hit the fan. And I mean that, like, I was, I had, um, like, outbreaks on my hands and my feet. Mm -hmm. Um, I was having severe shoulder pain, hip pain. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I went to a lot of different specialists and, you know, a number of different people that Mm -hmm. gave me uh, solutions that they thought could help. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of them did help a little bit. Um, Steroid injections were were a thing that, um, well, when I first received one, I was like, oh, this is a miracle cure like this. You know, I'm God, I'm so thankful. And then, you know, after it started to wear off and what they did not tell me was that the symptoms would just ramp back up and and it was actually worse. So I just you know, I, I felt lost. I felt, you know, I was 27 when I had my first child, um, way too young to be having, uh, the typical, like the aches and pains that go along with like like arthritis, but I just, I wasn't getting any, any, any answers from any of the people that I was looking to for answers. And that's not to knock the, the medical community. It's just, I have an autoimmune disorder. Autoimmune disorders are very hard to diagnose. Um, There's often not uh, uh, any certain test that you take. It's, you know, an observation of symptoms and, um, you know, recognizing patterns and flare ups, that sort of thing. So eventually I, I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Again, kind of going back to to my body not liking to take medication and me personally not liking to take medication, um, the solutions that that I was given uh, were were all all pharmaceutical, right. and um, you know I was in in the middle and of you know creating my family. I was pregnant or nursing for the better part of a decade. I have four kids. So, um, you know, I, that's, that is what sent me on, um, a path to try to figure out what is going on with me and how I can fix it, um, without medication. And, right. you know, I got a lot of advice from my, my rheumatologist in particular, um, seemed to have some kind of disdain for my, uh, not wanting to take medication. And when I, when I told him, well, I'm, I'm looking into this nutrition thing, I'm, I'm going to try it. Yep. Uh, you know, it was like, well, good luck with that. Come back when you want some medication. Yeah. It's really disheartening, but I'm thankful for it now from where I sit now, I'm thankful right. for it because what that allowed me to do, um, is, take responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. And really it, it allowed me to start linking uh, body to mind and vice versa. So I started to understand the bigger picture and how um, not just my nutrition, but other factors like stress and yes. um, yeah, all of this impacts the overall way that I feel on any right. given day. 
For our listeners, we're going to be talking today about elimination diets, and there's a really good reason why. So we're going to get to the whole premise of elimination diets, but before, if that's okay, we're going to explore a little bit about the context for our listeners so that they really get a good sense why we're talking about this. Because a lot of times the connection is not made between, and you were a great example between the nutrition piece and your overall health uh, and well-being, right? Let's talk a little bit about, first of all, what is an elimination diet and what is is its purpose? Yeah, Um, well, an elimination diet um, is essentially taking out anything that is a potential irritant to your gut lining Mm -hmm. and, um, and then systematically reintroducing those things so, so that you can figure out what works for you, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. There are, there are a whole lot of different symptoms and reasons why someone would, would want to, um, try an elimination diet. But I mean, that's, that's the basic premise. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to understand, you know, you take everything out that is, uh, is a potential irritant, your gut starts to heal, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you do that for a period of time. It depends on the severity of your symptoms as to how long you need to do it. For me, I mean, my symptoms were pretty severe. When I first did this, I only did 30 days. Mm-hmm. And in 30 days, I was up out of a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty dramatic to me. And and the linking between the nutrition piece and how that was impacting all these other systems in my body was really apparent. Oh my gosh. And you hit it the nail on the head. It's all the other systems. We are never just one system or the other, right? We are all one complete being. And so this is one very important piece of the puzzle. Absolutely. One thing that I think that folks don't understand about the gut is it's not just about digestion. You know, it's, it is absolutely not just about, uh, does this, uh, certain food make me constipated or does it, uh, make me feel bloated? Mm-hmm. You know, your gut is the primary center for immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, when the gut lining becomes permeable for any reason, it can cause a, a cascade of, of, um, symptoms to start happening. And because they deal with so many different systems in the body, it's really hard to relate them to one another to to understand why is this happening? Right. And it's pretty complicated as far as the system itself. But and we're not just talking about celiac disease when we're talking about RA. No, it's so much bigger than that. And I think oftentimes people associate you know, a a gut lining that's not working as well is simply with celiacs, but it's just so much more than that, isn't it? Yeah. Now, just to take a step back, when we talk about irritants, now irritants in the form of food or irritants in the form of um, toxins, what sort of irritants are we talking about? Well, I mean, it it could be toxins, but in what I feel most confident in speaking to is the the nutrition piece to that. So, you know, the irritants that basically anyone would be removing in um, in an elimination diet would be like sugar, all grains, alcohol, um, legumes, 
dairy, anything. Those are, those are the basics. Um, and then if you have been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, or you suspect that you have one, or you have, you know, phantom symptoms, you have no idea what's going on. Sometimes you might want to consider also eliminating like nightshades, um, seeds, uh, fruit and berry spices, um, and eggs. We're currently going through all three of my children. We've had to be very particular about food that's coming in and going out. Right now we're on um, egg whites are quite detrimental. We've had all the tests done. So we understand we have a clear picture around what we need to start to eliminate. And I know we'll get into the testing part because I think that's an important part for people to understand. I'm going to go backwards a little bit just so that our listeners understand a little bit about, uh, first of all, our gut biome, we sort of touched on it a little bit. We talked about the lining, but I think the gut biome is a really important aspect to understand because it is such a rich environment. So in your humble opinion, <laughs> how important is the gut biome and what is its influence on pain, illness? Um, it's everything. Everything, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it is the number one Thing. And that's why, um, as a health coach, that's why I primarily primarily start with a nutrition piece, mm -hmm. as opposed to addressing other things like uh, stress, or environmental factor, all of those sort of things. Um, because it seems to be the easiest um, to manipulate and get a quick response for the positive. So that's, that's why I start with that. That's great. Um, I think it's fascinating for anybody of our science nerds who might be listening. You know, the gut biome is such a beautiful ecosystem in itself, right? And so we want to nurture that and we want to make sure that we're paying attention to its health. And the reason being is for our next topic is the gut biome really is important when it comes to this gut brain connection. Yeah. Right, which I think more and more people are really starting to, to talk about, which is great. There's some amazing research coming out. Um, in your experience, when you start to work with your clients uh, around eliminating certain foods and really focusing on the nutrition, what sort of things are you seeing around that gut-brain connection? Are you seeing any sort of change in mood? Are you seeing change in you know behaviors? What are you seeing? It, yes, absolutely. Um, mood is a big one. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I grew up lear learning that things like depression um, was uh, strictly from a lack of serotonin or dopamine. And, and that is located in your brain, right? Mm -hmm. um, that while our brain does produce those hormones, uh, the majority of them are produced in our gut. Yes. Um, and so that, it, that has a big, big impact. So um, immediately uh, once, and I say immediately, I don't mean like day one, you're feeling better. Right. Um, you know, the first week can be kind of rough adjustment, mm -hmm. but usually by, by week three mm -hmm. of an elimination diet, people are starting to see, um, of course, improvements in mood. Um, your skin looks more clear. You have more energy, um, extremely, um, 
lower amounts of pain. So it doesn't mean pain is completely eliminated, but you'll notice, oh, I can move around a little better. Um, and that's because we're not putting things into the gut that are inflammatory. Usually when people are having this cascade of symptoms and extreme pain, um, we've got systemic inflammation going on. Yes. And so so when we're, we're not adding things into our body to exacerbate that, it starts to heal. It's like, you know, it's magic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> our bodies are magic. That's what I tell my, my six-year-old all the time. And I, I mean, I believe it to my core. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are magic. They're designed to work. When we understand how to treat them appropriately, um, a lot of times we don't have to suffer in ways that we've gotten used to suffering. Right. We just touched on uh, the inflammatory process. And I just want to remind our listeners that inflammation serves its purpose as well. Like it is part of the healing process and we need to have that inflammation. However, it gets to a tipping point, doesn't it? Where, you know, if there's too much inflammation, that's when we have that cascade of effects. So what sorts of things happen to our body when that inflammation has now become chronic? Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so if you think about, um, you know, I pull a tendon in my ankle or I, I break my ankle, right? The, it swells right. in order to stabilize mm -hmm. your your ankle mm -hmm. and then your your body starts doing you know doing its magic yes. <laughs> and uh and making the repairs that it needs to make either in the bone or the tendon or whatever yeah. um systemic inflammation is something completely different than that so local inflammation is is going to last you know maybe up to a week mm -hmm. it's 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 very short term systemic inflammation is much longer term if you have certain symptoms you you can probably uh, draw the conclusion that you've got some systemic inflammation going on yeah good point chronic fatigue and insomnia, brain fog. Those are things that people don't typically associate with gut or nutrition, uh, depression, anxiety, mood disorders, uh, GI complications, uh, diarrhea, acid reflux, weight gain, weight loss, uh, frequent infections. Um, did I say joint and muscle pain? That's, that's a big one as well. So yeah. all of those things um, combined, you know, and in, in different areas can represent systemic inflammation. Right. Okay. No, that's a, that's a good, um, good example to pull for our listeners for sure. <laughs> and I know with inflammation, it's uh, the good news is, and I, I feel like I'm hitting this one home maybe too much, but there is something powerful about taking back control over your nutrition, because it's something you can do for yourself. And I think that's the power of elimination as well, is that it is something that is a little more in your control. And what I also love about it, and we'll talk more about this, is how you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money to get tests done to know what to eliminate, right? Yeah, that was a that was a topic that I wanted to talk about. There's two things, actually. One, one I want to say, um, it's on the emotional side of all of this. Yes. Um, I remember when it, it was my second child mm -hmm. uh, 
after I had him and was experiencing a flare up of symptoms yet again, Mm -hmm. uh, my husband had been doing some research and he brought me this, these printouts, I mean, thick printouts Mm -hmm. about leaky gut syndrome. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading through them and, um, it, it was, I experienced two, two different things. So first, uh, was a little bit of hope because, um, you know, after I was reading through everything, I, I realized, oh, this is fixable. This is something, but you know, there's not like a, a diagnosis for leaky gut syndrome. So you, you don't really know if you have it, is this thing? I don't know. But on the flip side of that, um, I also remember feeling like, forget you, Luke, that's my husband. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, no, Mm. I didn't cause this. Like it was sort of like when, when you say, okay, well you can change your diet and, and help yourself to feel better. You could also draw the conclusion. I caused this to happen because of this is how I'm eating. Oh yeah. That it took me like some months to digest that. Yeah. Uh, and, and just figure out, you know, yeah, uh, I can't do anything to cause it, yeah. but I can do some things to help correct it. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Thank you. You're absolutely right. I mean, how many times does the chronic illness or the chronic pain community feel themselves in that situation where they're either being told or believing that uh, it's their fault or it's something they have done or something they haven't done or should have done differently. You know, it's, it's, there's already enough shame involved (laughs) in living this life. There is, there is. And there's, there's um, often, at least in my own experience, and and I've uh, seen this with clients as well, Um, people get really defensive Mm -hmm. because, Mm -hmm. I mean, because of the whole, the hardship of the whole experience, right? You're going to doctors. They're like, I don't, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know why this is happening. I don't have a diagnosis for you. Maybe it's all in your head. I had a a, a rheumatologist tell me, maybe you're just getting older. I was, I was 31 at that point when, when he said that, and I'm like, maybe I'm just getting older. That's the reason why I'm, I can't walk. Like, no, that's not, no, it's not right. It's frustrating. And it puts you on the defense. Yeah. Oh, of course. And understandably, and unfortunately it is such a result of the system. So yeah, not to knock, not doctors and nurses, but the system is set up in a way where it's very reductionist. You know, we're looking at one problem, whereas what we're showcasing today in our conversation is it's often a bigger picture and we're going to look at systems coming together, right? And so an elimination diet is just one of those powerful steps that addresses a few different systems <laughs> at one time. So that's Absolutely. why I love the idea of it, right? I love the fact that you brought up the emotional side because for our listeners, all pain, all illness, as you know, you've experienced and you coach through this is always, always emotional and always physical. And so your example was a perfect example of that. When it comes to the emotional side of the elimination diet, what are some roadblocks that people might come up against when they are just either starting the process of elimination Yeah. Um, 
emotion is a big piece of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, and that's why I, I incorporate group coaching with, with the, um, the physical reboot that that's the program that I developed that helps to lead you through an elimination diet. So essentially it's the, the work that I do with clients all the time. It's just all of that information put into one spot, but the group coaching aspect of that, mm-hmm. um, is, is primarily to deal with the emotional factors of it because it can be difficult. You know, um, think about when when we celebrate. We celebrate uh, with cake and we celebrate with, you know, all kinds of tasty sure. treats. They have sugar or alcohol, um, you know, and it takes a lot um, mm-hmm. for us to be able to make adjustments in our own lives um, so that we don't feel like I'm missing out on something or I'm being punished because I have this thing or yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. That's, a, that's a definitely a big piece of it. The emotional right. component and you know what, what we do to try to, um, get ahead of that is to think about, you know, what emotions am I experiencing? How, you know, how can I, um, sometimes it's about just replacing one, one item with another in terms of food. Like, for example, like if I've had a a client that, um, is really love soda, that that can be something that people are really it's really hard for them to give up because it's it's the taste it's the sugar it's the caffeine um, it's the burn in the throat they like i mean a number of different things but we can kind of get down to okay what is it that you like about this thing Mm -hmm. and i've had lots of of clients uh switch out kombucha Mm -hmm. for great option for cola or, you know, and alcohol too, actually great alcohol as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it can be like with alcohol, um, you know, there's mocktails starting to, you know, come a a lot of bars around here have uh, kombucha on tap. So that's pretty, um, but even if you're just drinking a, you know, water with a little slice of lime in it, yeah. you know, there's something about the glass that you're holding makes you feel fancy and you know, whatever yeah. it's, it's different for different people, but we can drill down to those solutions to figure out how to get around that. And so if you're seeking, um, a comforting feeling from your, from uh, ice cream every night, we're going to talk about, you know, why is it that we feel it particularly at nighttime? Um, You know, what is the sensation? What do we enjoy about the ice cream? And then we're going to look at things to replace it because we don't want to take something away, especially that has an emotional attachment to it without replacing it with something. And, you know, we may go through two or three different replacements like, oh, I thought this was going to work and I tried it out in my real life and it does not work. So we come back to the drawing board. Uh, That's why that group coaching is really important. And because so many of us share Mm -hmm. the same um, emotions and feelings around chronic conditions and emotional stuff, like it is really, really helpful to be in a group 
setting with people that are dealing with the same thing, because guess what? You know, person A over here may be five steps ahead of me, person B over here may be three steps behind me. And when we start a conversation, we all learn from each other. Exactly. Oh, the power of a group. I agree. That's why I've spent four years of my life building a a little group that... Yeah, it's my favorite part. It absolutely is because we are oh, as corny as this sounds. We really are better together. We are hardwired, <laughs> right, for community. And so uh, I think we really saw that during the pandemic. Yeah. So. All right. Um, we talked a little bit about the what it is. We talked about why it's important, uh, just connecting, and especially for my listeners for chronic pain that, you know, the digestive process the, the the lining of the stomach is really important for serotonin which Im- will have immediate effect on your pain we talked a little bit about the brain gut connection being really important especially with chronic pain and i just wanted to get back to this for a quick second the reason why it's so important for pain is because it is an all systems approach so chronic pain is processed in all of the body and the digestive processes are definitely a part of it. And then when we talk about its connection to the brain, if we can address the gut, we are going to address how the brain, the, the brain, pardon me, processes pain. So this is why we're having this conversation. So let's talk a little bit more about the how of an elimination diet. How do we best get started on an elimination diet? Yeah, um, well, I think that um, some of the the first things to do Mm -hmm. if um, some of your listeners are are wanting to uh, get started and see this is a a way to to move forward in in some way um, affecting their pain is to assess what their symptoms are. Um, You know, an elimination diet is not appropriate for everyone, but I've got to think that the majority of people that are listening to your podcast um, and that are dealing with chronic pain could absolutely benefit from from um, an elimination diet. But but the first one, you know, do I really need it? What what are my symptoms? And then also just. Um, you know, what do you hope to get out of this? So it's just really about setting goals. Like, is this appropriate? And what do I, what do I want to get out of it? Um, The second thing would be to really assess what your need for support is. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, how, how self-disciplined are you? Mm -hmm. Um, This is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Uh, An elimination diet is not rocket science. But it is difficult. Mm -hmm. It is difficult to deal with, even if you're a person that eats fairly healthy. Um, You know, you you could be on the other end of that spectrum where where you're, you know, maybe eat fast food uh, every day or a couple of times a week. You depend on that. So that those are things that would have to be addressed. Um, um, What is going to keep you motivated to stay the course? Right. Do you battle with the emotional aspects of eating? Um, What type of support do you need to seek out? So it could be that um, maybe maybe you have a group of friends that is interested in uh, doing an elimination diet because they've got different things going on, different symptoms. You could you could use a, a small group to help um, really um, 
keep you anchored in what you're doing, help you from, from slipping up, help advise you. Um, and, and then some people just need uh, more professional support. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything laid out for them and um, a consistent um, someone to check in with and to, you know, that sort of um, accountability aspect of it. Uh, can keep you on track. But I mean, I did this on my own. I I did not, um, I didn't seek out any support because frankly, I was really depressed. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was any type of support out there. And honestly, there's just in the past decade, there's been so much information uh, emerge and become more, more like public knowledge um, that just wasn't back then. Right. You know, so it is possible to do it on your own if you want to get started on your own, but um, you know, you, you gotta be really um, honest with yourself about what, you know, what your capabilities are and um, you know, whether you, whether you even want to move forward in that way, because uh, having, having support is, is an important piece of that. Um, The other thing that uh, is really important for somebody to get started would just be getting really clear on the guidelines, like which foods are on the table, which foods are off the table and for how long. And, and then um, the intro, the reintroduction piece of that is so important. And I've had clients come in to me that have said things like, Oh yeah, I heard about uh, like a whole thirty. Whole thirty is is an essentially an elimination diet, mm-hmm. and they do uh, give lots of great advice on how to reintroduce. But people, I don't know. It's like at, at least the clients that I've had, they seem to skip over that piece of it. Oh, oh, they start sure. feeling better, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is just the way that I'm going to eat uh-huh. all the time." Yeah. The problem is, is that it's it's pretty incredible incredibly restrictive right but if you eat just in that that um phase one of it mm-hmm. right like eliminating everything the idea behind elimination diet is not to keep you eating in this restrictive way forever right Good point. it is yeah the the idea is for you to begin to heal your gut. That's, that's number one. And that's when you start experiencing some freedom from some of these symptoms and pain and lack of energy and sleep and all of those things. Um, But then you've got to move into the reintroduction phase of it and figure out what works for your body and what doesn't. And so sometimes you might find that, you know, you have certain um, dietary um, issues with like milk is a big one of them, any kind of dairy that usually will produce like GI symptoms. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty easy to identify, right? Because if you've eliminated it for, uh, you know, 30 days or 60 days or whatever, and then you reintroduce it, and all of a sudden you're you're bloated or all of a sudden you can't poop for three days. Yes. yes. No, it's pretty easy to, to connect the dots yes. there, right? That's right. But 
some things are not as easy to connect the dots. And sometimes you need to stretch out that uh, period that you're um, experimenting with figuring out what works for you. So um, people that are having more severe symptoms, they may want to stretch out uh, the time period where they're uh, reintroducing things. And we're not doing a new thing every single day. We're doing one thing. Right. And we're doing a small amount of that one thing. And then we wait 12 hours. And if it's good, then maybe we do a larger portion, maybe the next, and we're giving it legitimate time Mm -hmm. to um, observe what is happening. Essentially, this is like, um, like an experiment, a science experiment with your own body. And you have to be really meticulous about uh, your observations, right? You wouldn't go into a a scientific experiment just like willy nilly. Oh, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll pick back with, pick back up with that tomorrow or, you know, I'm going to skip a day. Like, no. Right. The analogy actually, that's really smart. Um, going in with a curious mind and being, you know, starting to pay attention to the little things, which I think is actually a great skill set when it comes to managing pain and illness in general is just that curiosity and that peaked interest in paying attention to the small things. So, uh, okay. So just as a summary for our listeners, before I ask our next question, um, you know, first and foremost, you, you essentially need to know this is something you're prepared to do. So that belief that, okay, I'm ready is the first step. Second Mm -hmm. step is then understanding, sort of building awareness, what's on your table, what do you typically eat? Uh, And then from there, it's either seeking guidance from someone who can really guide you through it and be part of a program. Or if you're doing it on your own, you're just picking one thing, right? Just one thing to be able to remove. And are you removing it fully? Or can you remove it sort of the 80-20 rule? Is there anything to worry about that way? Yeah, um, with an elimination diet, it's it's pretty important that you completely eliminate. Okay. Because with, first of all, humans in general have have issues with you know eighty twenty. It's a slippery slope, right? Uh, eighty yeah. twenty turns into fifty fifty. Yeah. Oh yes, it <laughs> does. Sixty forty going the other way, and yeah. yeah, it's hard to keep track of. First of all, um, but. If you really, really want to experience the the benefits of of um, some sort of faster recovery, mm-hmm. it's really important that you you take out okay, take it out completely. That makes sense. And is there any time frames statistically that they need to stay off of one of those foods before they move on to the next one? How long would you stay off an irritant? Yeah, well, typically, I I do not um, have people do one thing at a time. Okay, okay. Be- because there can be so many other factors play- right. playing in into it that you still it the the waters are too muddy that way yeah to just say okay well we're going to look at this one thing that's the advantage of eliminating all of the things up front is that you can your your gut actually starts to heal right and then when you reintroduce you get you're not you're not reintroducing any any other known irritants it's just one thing at a time that reintroduction piece is one thing okay that's not the elimination piece that's 
Okay. Okay. And, and I think it puts more weight, not more, but equal weight into the reintroduce and in reintroduce. Yeah, they're both important. They're just as important. Okay. Which sounds yeah. great. Makes yeah. sense. Um, and, and I know I touched on it before, but you know, do our listeners need to have any sort of assessment done, like a snapshot of what those irritants are, or can you do an elimination diet without having all of that testing done up front? Yeah, you don't need the testing. Okay. Um, that's that's the beauty of an elimination diet is that you do not need the testing. We know what what the irritants are. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that every single person will experience those things right. as irritants. That's that's why we get to reintroduce it and decide for ourselves what you know what is going to stay on the table and what's going to stay off the table. Okay. Oh, no, well said. Okay. Now this is really helpful. I think the, uh, the big picture is we, we have some power over our symptoms. Um, and it's just a matter of having that will up front. And then I think it's great that, you know, you have programs in place that they can get that guidance because I would imagine if it was just the biological thing, it would be really less difficult than if it was the emotional piece tied into it. Right. And that's where a coach's guidance really helps, right. To sort of challenge both challenge the thinking behind it, perhaps what the behavior loops are, because we all have them. (laughs) We are creatures of habit. Uh, Yeah. Okay. And then just before we let you go, um, we've touched a little bit too on sort of the coaching skills that you use, but is there any one specific coaching skill that you would think could really help our listeners if they were about to venture into an elimination diet? Is there one juicy tidbit you can offer? <laughs> yes. Yes. Actually um, there it's called um, implementation intentions. Mm. This is something that I do. There is a lot of legwork that goes into doing an elimination diet mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with food mm-hmm. and is all up front. It's, it's all before we even get started with any food, but these implementation intentions are really, really important because what it, what it is, is assessing your potential barriers to success. So yes. if X happens, I will do Y, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, if you know, okay, I need to do this elimination diet, I'm going to start on it, uh, you know, on this day, and I know I'm, I'm, it's running through, you know, the end of the month, and I've got this party that I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, mm-hmm. and you feel nervous, you rightfully so. It is difficult to find things to eat unless you prepare them at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know fully what is in them and you won't mess up, essentially mess up the science experiment. Right. <laughs> I don't want to mess up the science experiment uh, because essentially we have to start over if we do that. Um, so when you think about going to the party, it's like, okay, if Jan hands me a glass of wine, then I will um, tell her, 
I prefer to have water, but could I have it in a wine glass? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, if it's certain foods that you're worried about, um, maybe it, the solution might be, um, you know, packing your own sort of snacks, mm-hmm. something that feels like a treat mm-hmm. uh, with you. And then you don't have to feel like you're left out. But if, if you are um, anticipating what those barriers will be and, and, very um, detailed in a very detailed way. You're laying out what your solution is going to be. You don't have to think as much in the moment and you're much less likely to say, Oh, forget it. I just, I really want that glass of wine or I really want that cupcake because it it's solidifying in your mind, the importance of it even, even more. And, and, you don't get that decision fatigue. Like I, you already know what you're going to do. Right. And then there's not that negative bias cascade that happens afterwards about how hard you're being on yourself or yeah. not necessarily doing what you had hoped to do. So, yeah. And that's the power of coaching right there is the, all the, mm-hmm. the strategy building, the awareness piece. The, yeah. Oh, amazing. And uh, do you find this is just completely off on a tangent, but being a coach, do you find it can be quite difficult and challenging to really share with people what it is you do? As a coach, what is a coach? What does a coach do? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's um, coaching is not something that's covered under insurance. Uh, so it's not widely known. A lot of coaching in this capacity is, is so very different because I don't tell you what to do. Exactly. You are the expert on your own life. I'm the expert on behavior change Mm -hmm. and we come together to, to create solutions that will actually work for you. And there it's, I help you to implement those things that you um, put forward and say that you want to do, Um, you know, information is so widely available. So any one of your listeners can get on Google and, and say, Hey, what are the things that I need to eliminate uh, to do an elimination diet? What's the process of it? That's so easy to find. But what is not easy to find is how to actually implement that into your real life. You know, that's what a good coach will do. They will ask you the hard questions. Um, They will have you uh, really dive deep internally um, to get those questions answered. Because I don't have the answer. You have the answer. Right. And that's where the power comes from is when you, the person who is hoping to move forward on your path, answers that question. Jessica, thank you so, so much for your input today. How can people get a hold of you if they would like to find out more? Meridian Integrative Wellness is um, is the wellness center that I founded here in Louisville, Kentucky. I have a website with that, meridianiw.com. My email address is just at meridianiw.com. So, uh, you know, if you have specific questions, I would just invite you to... Um, to check out the website. And if those don't answer your questions, uh, email me directly. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. I really appreciate our conversation today. It was fantastic. And for our listeners, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dana. Take care.